Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Marcatore di Cannavaro. Palla tagliata. Messa fuori. C'è Pirlo, Pirlo. Pirlo, ancora Pirlo. Di tecco. Tiro. Ancora sull'invenzione di Pirlo, molto bravo a trovarlo, grande gol, grandissimo, bellissimo, nulla da fare per Lema, non la vede nemmeno partire questa palla, ma non ci sarebbe mai arrivato, bellissimo. Good evening everybody and welcome back to Forza Italian Football's my favourite game series as ever. I am your host Connor Clancy, I'm back in your ears, I'm sorry if you're sick of my voice but I'm being joined by Adriano Bowen today to talk about a very special game in the hearts of anybody who follows Italian football. We're going back to 2006 this time and we're going even further north. We've been to Rome, we've been to Bologna, we've been to Reggio Emilia. Now we are venturing outside of Italy, we're going to Germany, and you've already guessed what game it is, haven't you? I won't keep you any longer, so let's get on with this. Arriva il pallone, lo mette fuori, Cannavaro, poi ancora insiste Polonski, Cannavaro, Cannavaro, che contropiene per Totti, dentro il pallone per Girardino, Girardino la porta nera anche vicino alla bandierina, cerca il 1 contro 1, Girardino, dentro del Piero, del Piero, Ha fatto un gol del Piero, l'aveva sbagliato così nel 2000, 
Okay, so Adriano, you're the latest to join us on the My Favourite Game series. Um, you've chosen what I think is fair to say quite a memorable game for anybody who knows anything about Italian football. Uh, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, uh, I know everybody kind of likes to focus on the final and, and winning the World Cup, which is in and of itself uh, a great great moment but for me it's that that semi-final game is the one that always kind of sticks out uh in terms of having a greater importance to me yeah well we are of course talking about that 2006 semi-final between germany and italy in which italy won 2-0 after extra time and it's funny you say that people like to focus on the on the final because i've always found that the semi-final is the game that marks this competition and this triumph more than any other. I completely agree. And I think uh, that has to do with how the game ended. I mean, as we all know that Grosso goal and Del Piero scoring soon after are moments that kind of all Italians in that Fabio Caressa call, uh, it, they always stick out. But I think it has to do with a large part. Uh, a large part of it is the fact that it was against Germany and Germany was the home team. And, Italy had almost been written off by the, the German media, and not just the German media, but I think others as well, because, you know, you'd always give the advantage to the home team, especially in such an important game as the World Cup semifinals. And instead, Italy, they, I, 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 I look back at it, and it's almost, it still sticks. I always wonder, it's like, how did they actually do it? Because the odds were stacked against them. Uh, I think when you look at that team, it's a great team, but... Uh, you would say that at that time, there wasn't a single player that really stuck out for Italy, but it's that team effort that kind of got us through. And it's, as you said, it's the game that for me personally would always, whenever I think of the 2006 World Cup, it's that semifinal game that always comes to mind right away. Yeah, me too. I have been asking all of our writers the same questions on these podcasts. So you're no different. Do, do you remember how old you were when you watched this game? Yeah, yeah, I don't, well, for sure. It's, uh, it's my birthday today, so I, I definitely remember how old I was at that time. <laughs> uh, I was 19, so I was at that age where I was starting to... Football was still so important to me that it was... Uh, every game was, like, would affect my mood. And if, if you know, if Inter lost, I am an Inter fan. Uh, when Inter would lose, I would be in a sour mood for the entire day. Uh, and the rest of the week was always a bit uh, grim, so I was still at that age where it was of such great importance. And so because Italy, up until that point in my life, had really brought nothing but misery on me, it was almost as if this game, it, as soon as it came, I was just hoping, I, hoping. I, I can't uh, underline that enough, just hoping that Italy would be able to pull it off. And the fact that they did after, you know, disappointments of like 94 and 98 and losing to France in a, in a penalty shootout and then Euro 2000 it's just up to that moment Italy had always let me down and so for whatever reason I came back around I'm like okay they they have another opportunity to to make me a believer and maybe part of me thought that they weren't going to and the fact that they did is just I mean it's history those teenage years are are absolutely peak years for football deciding what mood you're in for the rest of the week um so I'm guessing you remember where you were when you watched this then Oh, a hundred percent. As I as I wrote in my piece, I was at home. Uh, I was watching it with my mom, my dad, and my girlfriend at the time. And uh, I, for, I don't know about you, Connor, but for me personally, I'm not much of a, a public viewer. I don't like to go to pubs or uh, social gatherings. Mm. Not because it's not enjoyable. It's just I 
I'm quite embarrassed to, if I were watching myself watch games, I'd be embarrassed because I'm just, I'm yelling, I'm, I'm screaming at the TV, uh, I'm cursing in a, a thousand different ways in Italian at the TV. And so I was at home, uh, partly because I'm not, I'm not very superstitious. I guess I'm a bit superstitious. And I just, up until that point in the tournament, I had watched most games at home and I figured I didn't want to break that streak at such an important time. So I stuck around at home. Uh, I watched with uh, a very close group of people. And uh, as I wrote in the piece, it's like mm, watching with my family was stressful enough as it was. And so going out in public was just, I don't think, I know you said earlier, it's like the teenage years are peak in terms of determining your mood but i'm not as bad as i was back then but i'm still not able to go watch uh games <laughs> in public. that's that's definitely out of the question for me i'm actually quite similar to you in that regard to be honest and that i can't watch football with people if it's my team who are playing because I, I sit at home on my couch watching atalanta if if i'm not at the game and i'm basically i'm only wearing shorts and atalanta shirt and I'm still like a ball of sweat, right? It doesn't matter who. They could be playing Lecce, Udinese, Milan. It doesn't matter. I'm pulling the hair off my head, which probably contributes to my hairline receding. And I'm a mess. I can't watch football that matters with people. It, it's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, uh, and I mean, for, for me personally, it's like when I, when I watch these games, you, you probably, if, if you were a neutral and you saw me, you'd probably think that I actually hated my team because of what I'm actually saying to them. And then if they win, it's, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a ball of love again, and they're my favorite. And during the game, it's just it's it's a very much a hate hate relationship until that final whistle. Yeah, I completely understand that. They they become the enemy until they've won, right? A hundred percent. And it's like, it, as I said, if you're watching me watch these games, you're like, why are you doing this to yourself? So I don't want to have to put other people around me through that. We have been to a, a Milan derby together, so I can I can back up what you're saying. Yeah, and that was and that was when Inter. I mean, when was it? 2015, yeah, 16. Like, Inter wasn't even a good side back then, and that wasn't already a, a a ball of nerves. So you can only imagine when there's actually something of a value of importance, like this semi-final game was. I believe it. I actually felt very, very sorry for you on that trip because, if I remember correctly, you were the only Inter fan there, and there were a few Milan fans and a few neutrals, and the neutrals were very much trying to wind everyone else up. Well, I mean, I've used, I'm used to it. Uh, growing up, uh, my dad was a big Milan fan. And so when the day came for me to pick my side and I picked the, the black and blue, uh, let's just say that uh, it's not because I knew anything about Inter and their history. Uh, I think I started following Inter when Roberto Baggio joined. So it was like 97, 98 season. And uh, Inter was not a good side back then. They just they weren't challenging. And Milan was very much on top. So my dad used to always give it to me in terms of making me aware of how bad Inter was. So yeah, on that trip, it wasn't, I, I, I had been used to that. So that whatever they said didn't get to me. And I, I mean, the game ended 0-0 that derby we went to, which was, uh, speaks volumes about <laughs> teams at the time. But uh, yeah, you're not going to penetrate me. I've, I've been through much, much worse. That's for okay, sure. Okay. Inter had a couple of goals ruled out in that game as well, I think, didn't they? I, well, I mean, the story of Inter, but no, yeah, it was, uh, they, they did. I think they were right, uh, rightfully ruled out. Uh, uh, Would have been nice, especially since I was there. I'm not in the, Milan all too often so it would have been nice to have seen them win but uh, uh, I was quite happy with the two debris wins that they got earlier this season so uh, I'll count my blessings when I get them yeah anyway back to this back to the 2006 yeah, back, to the, um, back to the important game it almost sounds stupid asking you but why have you chosen this game 
Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I, I mean, so as, as we said at the beginning, it's like everybody thinks Italy winning the World Cup, you're going to go to that uh, that final and pick out, you know, that Zidane headbutt with Materazzi or that final penalty by uh, Grosso. But when I watched that game, I, especially I, I tried to put myself in my mi- the mindset that I had back then, and, and I was just a ball of nerves for that final. So it was almost as if it wasn't enjoyable. I think the the final result was enjoyable, but the actual game itself was just, it was almost overwhelming to go through, especially because I was watching at home. And so when I think about this semifinal, uh, it was just one of those moments where I thought that, okay, I'm hopeful that Italy is going to make it to the final, but if they don't, I can't really knock it knock them because they're playing the home side they're playing the germans and so there was almost a part of me that was almost resigned to the fact that italy wasn't going to make it through and so when i think of this game i was more relaxed i was more uh willing to let the game come to me rather than being so focused on uh, that final result and so the 90 minutes themselves you if i I rewatched the game a few days ago and the 90 the, the 90 minutes are good they're not great I wouldn't say they're not exactly memorable but that extra time those 30 minutes it's as if you have to watch them because the game just all of a sudden goes to another level and uh, I remember Giardino getting that hitting that post and Zambrotta as well and so you have these nerves and you have these moments you're like did Italy you know is it going to come to the fact that Italy's not going to make it through did they not take their chances and then as I said that that Grosso goal uh, with that pass from Pirlo, when, uh, as I'm sure you and everybody else that follows Italian football knows, that call is etched in everybody's memory with that that pass. And for me, that pass and that goal kind of just encapsulates my my love for the Italian national team because it was always about waiting. And as I said, like when I started watching, I, w- I was seven when that World Cup final in '94 against Brazil happened, so I wasn't aware. But that was one opportunity gone. And in 98 against France, another defeat, another opportunity gone. In Euro 2000, that loss to France, which was 
soul crushing at the time. It's just like there was all these moments of waiting and waiting and waiting. And it's not like a, a league season where you have the, the game the, the following week to make up for it. These are, you know, you're waiting two years, four years for these tournaments. And so you watch that Pirlo goal and it's almost as if those those 12 years for me, that, that wait and then that Grosso goal is just that moment where it all kind of bursts out there. And even for Grosso, I, that moment where Grosso is running after the goal and he's in in disbelief as to what happened. It, it's, it's, I think it's all Italians at that moment were just in disbelief at how he scored, when he scored, because at that point, everybody's like, we're going to penalties here. And Italy's history in penalty shootouts is not favorable at all. And for him to, to score that, and then, you know, a few minutes later, Cannavaro winning that ball back and pushing it up and Giardino and that pass to Del Piero and that goal, it was... A few minutes, five minutes, not even five minutes, maybe three or four minutes of just pure pure bliss when it comes to the Italian national team. So that's why, for me, this game is, when I think of the Italian national team, I think of Grosso. There's other great moments and other great games that I've seen, but this is the, the peak moment for me. Yeah, when you, you mentioned Andrea Pirlo, and I'm glad you did, because I did want to speak about him a little bit. He's someone who became loved around the world in, in his latter years of playing, and he always kind of came up clutch for Juve and for, for Italy. Uh, he scored a couple of late goals for Juve and like the, the derby that I'm all in and things like that. But in terms of a moment that best sums up his career, I think this passes it, you know, because it's the 119th minute of the World Cup semi-final against arguably Italy's biggest rivals. And he has the ball on the edge of the box. And most players in the world would just knock it back in. But he waits and waits and waits, and then picks out Fabio Grosso, the left back, who's on the right wing at this point, and, yeah. and Grosso finishes. But Andrea Pirlo, if you could choose any player to have ever played football to, to have the ball in that position at that moment, it would probably be Pirlo. Yeah, 100%. I, I agree. It's, it's, it's almost his, his understated brilliance that shines through. Because as I mentioned, like uh, when you look at other national teams, you know, Portugal has Ronald, Cristiano Ronaldo, Brazil has Neymar, uh, France has Mbappe and Pogba, and they had Zidane at this time. And when you look at the history of the national team, the Italian national team, there's been great players, don't get me wrong, but countless great players. But it's never these great players that have been the reason why Italy's won. It's almost the collective. And so Pirlo, for me, especially in that moment, in his career, he's brilliant. There's You can't uh, deny it. He's His career is one of the, the best Italian careers of all time but yet there's still this understated brilliance that comes to him and I think that that entire national team at that time because at that time let's let's be honest outside of maybe Totti who and Del Piero who are are international uh, stars in their own right in terms of uh, exposure most of that team at that time was known to a lot of Serie A fans and Italian fans but outside of them it's not really a team that sh- like stuck out, Nesta, Cannavaro, you could say, although this is Cannavaro's, I think, the moment that kind of shot him up there. So Pirlo is that perfect player that you look at his career, you look at what he's done, and it's undeniable brilliance. Uh, but he had to wait for it, and we had to wait for it. And so it was the victory of the collective. And I think Pirlo, even though he is a great player in of itself, he's always one player that made all of those around him that much better. And so it was the perfect moment for him. And as you said, then you have Grosso, who this player who came out of absolutely nowhere. If you were an Italian fan, I mean, unless you were a Palermo fan, he was playing for Palermo, and I think he went to Inter later that, that summer. 
you would not have been able to pick him out from a row of people. So for him to score this goal is just, I mean, I've tried to recreate the goal at the local park countless <laughs> times. It's not easy with your left foot on the wrong side. So credit to him, credit to Pirlo, credit to that entire team because uh, it's, you can't understate it enough, state it enough that it was the victory of the collective, I would say. Yeah, it's quite interesting about what you say because the, the one standout time Italy were reliant on, on one individual was probably Roberto Baggio and it ended in complete tragedy. You look through this squad, they had four players from Palermo at the time. You look at the, the individuals who started this final, Gianluca Zambrotto, Fabio Grosso, uh, Marco Materazzi, Simone Perotta. You, you know, they're not elite players. Cannavaro went on to win the, the Ballon d'Or from the fence, okay. But you've got Totti, Pirlo, Cannavaro, Buffon. They're probably the, the real stars there. Vincenzo Iaquinta came off the bench. Del Piero only came off the bench in extra time as well. So I think you're completely right. That Fabio Grosso goal, I mean, it's complete chaos. Everyone's losing their mind except for Pirlo in that moment. And did it give you that extra bit of joy then that, that he went on having scored this goal and then to have scored, I think it was the winning penalty in the final to then join Inter? Yeah, yeah. Well, definitely at that time, there was that definitely that high of seeing uh, the player that you know won your country, the, the, the World Cup, joining uh, your club team. I mean, he didn't really succeed at Inter, not for any fault of his own. I think uh, looking back on it, this was the peak of his career and uh, Palermo was probably the best place for him because it allowed him to develop and become uh, a reliable player. But then maybe Inter was a step too far for him. But that's not a knock on him. That's not uh, an easy step. And so for a player of his ability to have this moment and then join Inter, there was that euphoria. And then, yeah, just to see him kind of score, not only in, in this game, and then to score that winning penalty in, in the final against France, it was almost as if everything he touched was gold and it didn't continue past this summer for him, but I don't think any fan of Italian football or the Italian national team will ever have anything bad to say about Fabio Grosso, Inter fans included. No, definitely not. That, the goal, the emotion, it's just so raw, so absolute, so just exaggerated. And I think that probably comes from the fact that this is, okay, it's the World Cup semi-final, but it's against Germany. This is a huge rivalry. And Germany have, even still to this day, they've never actually beaten Italy in an official competition. They knocked them out on penalties a couple of years ago, but it doesn't actually count as a, as a win. This fixture was voted the, the game of the century from the previous century, from the, the 1970 World Cup semi-final, which Italy won 4-3. There's a plaque at the Azteca Stadium in Mexico honoring the game of the century was played there. And Italy have won, I think it's 15 times compared to Germany's eight in their head-to-head -head meetings. And the fact that this was done in Germany elevates it, doesn't it? Uh, yes, you, you can't. Um, I mean, as you said, this, this victory in Germany, in Dortmund, which I believe up until that point, the German national team had, hadn't lost a game in that stadium. And if you follow the Bundesliga or Dortmund, it's an intimidating venue. Uh, you can't uh, get away from that. And so I remember, I, I personally don't remember the, the game itself, but I've, I've watched highlights of even World Cup 1990 when Italy lost on penalties in the semifinals and just the heartbreak that's there. So 
you know, in a sporting sense, to have that ha- not happen or to, to have that moment happen to another team and you're the one that's inflicting that, that, that moment on them. It's almost you get that joy because, as you said, Germany, France are also at least rivals, but Germany is the, the country that when it's a Germany-Italy game or Italy-Germany, all eyes are on it. You can't, you can't get away from it. And so for Italy to, especially because at that time, the, the German media and Calciopoli was happening. So Italian football wasn't exactly being held to, uh, uh, this, it wasn't being looked at very well. And so they thought they were going to reach the final. They thought we were just there to kind of be the sacrificial lamb and, you know, these stereotypes of pizzas and all these other things. And so for us to go there and there's always, I, there's this, moment after Grosso no not Grosso sorry after Del Piero scores where you see a a girl in the stands and she's got her hands in her face and she's got tears and I feel for her I've been there but to be on that other side at such a pivotal moment is just a moment I I don't know if Italy will ever have such a a moment like that in the future I hope they will in terms of uh, winning a semi-final in in that fashion I don't know if my heart will appreciate it because it was very stressful, but it's just, as you said, it's one of those moments, one of those games against your rival to do something like that is it's almost, you can't, it's almost impossible to see, uh, to see it happening once again in, 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 well, in our near future anyways. Yeah. It's so extreme as well, right? Because you've got 119 minutes of pure tension, then Grosso scores. So Germany starts to pile on the pressure again. And then there's just that, monstrous interception from Cannavaro and Italy break and score again. So within the space of two minutes, they've scored twice. And the the shots of the, the German people crying in the crowd are almost as iconic as Grosso's celebration itself. Yeah. And then just one other thing I'd want to point out when it comes to this is Matarazzi was playing in this game. And yeah. he's not somebody I wrote about much in, in, in my piece because this wasn't his game. And the, the next game is the one that everybody remembers Matarazzi for. But, uh, you know, Matarazzi, I love him because he played for Inter. In all fairness, Matarazzi was a replacement level national team player. He was never going to be the, the star. And so for him to also have the, the tournament of his life like you couldn't, you can't ask for a, a better scenario where you have all of these players kind of peaking at the right time. And so he came on for Nesta. Nesta is, you know, an Italian legend in his own right. We can't uh, forget about him. But he was injured for most of the tournament. Matarazzi stepped up. Matarazzi scored goals. Matarazzi got red cards against Australia. Matarazzi came back and, you know, he scores in that final. And so there's all these different stories that you can pick out from these games. And it's, this one, it's, it's not his, but he's definitely somebody that when I was watching the game, I was looking at because he played well. He's a player that you always remember him for his like, rash challenges and his red cards, and he would score from time to time. But he put in a great performance here as well. So uh, kudos to him, kudos to Leapy, because um, he's the one that got all these players to kind of buy in, and he got them all on the same page, and he got them to to, to the promised land at the end. Yeah, and... When you were talking about the, the German fan, I couldn't help but think about Luca Toni, who obviously started that final. He was taken off before the 90 minutes were up, but then a year later he went and, and played for Bayern Munich in Germany himself. So it, it's kind of a strange little sub-story there. Yeah, so many stories to come out of this game and so many moments that, uh, well, I think, as you mentioned earlier, that that uh, game of the century at the Azteca you know, I think 40, 50 years from now, this game against Germany is the game that 
fans are going to look back to with with great joy and there's going to be plaques i think and there's going to be lots of notoriety when it comes to this game because of its importance to uh our world cup well italy's world cup history yeah it does remind me a little bit of the um just in terms of italy going there and beating them it's like the um another case with germany when chelsea won the champions league at the allianz stadium in in munich obviously away to bayern munich and just silencing the home fans. It's something a little bit strange when it happens, but it's really special. Marcello Lippi, you've given him credit, and rightly so, but he did then come back. So he left Italy after the 2006 World Cup win and took the job again two years later, having not coached anybody in between, and his second spell didn't go too well. No, and I think... uh, I can't knock him for trying to come back to try and recreate that magic. Uh, if I recall correctly, it's not as though there was a wealth of uh, options available to the, the national team to in terms of uh, who would be the next coach. But for me personally, I not to say that I you could see the disaster coming, but you, you kind of could in terms of uh, the players were that much older. He, he was relying on a lot of older stars. And to ask those some of the players that he called to, to that team in 2010 to... Uh, recreate the magic that they had done four years earlier it was just never going to be in the cards and for me personally when it comes to to sports uh there's this italian saying about minestra riscaldata so uh warmed up soup it's never as good as when you you eat it the first time so if you were to heat it up the following day it's never going to taste as good as as the first time and i think that was definitely a case of uh trying to go back to the well once one one too many times because uh it, it it ended in disaster, let's be honest. It was never going to happen. And uh, that won't take away from Lippi's uh, legacy when it comes to the national team, though, because uh, unfortunately for Italy, uh, we're, we're a national team where there's great highs, but there's also uh, great lows. In uh, 2010 and then 2014, things didn't improve after that. So uh, you could almost say that it wasn't just Lippi's fault. I think it was definitely a downturn in terms of the quality when it comes to the Italian national team. Yeah, I think you're, you're probably right there. But Italians live in, in extreme situations. It's either amazing or terrible. There's, there's nothing in between. Adriano, thank you for joining me to talk about your favourite game.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.